social media platforms, they see us, you know, they see us. And, you know, that's really important because often as Indigenous peoples, like we, you know, we feel like our voices are not being heard, our stories are not being told. Welcome to Mission Critical, a podcast about the big picture, the purpose, and the values that drive today's most game-changing companies, entrepreneurs, and leaders. I'm your host, Lance Chung, Editor-in-Chief of Bay Street Bull, and I'll be introducing you to a group of brilliant minds who are making an impact on the world and forging the path ahead. While they may all be very different from one another, the question remains the same. What's your mission? What does it mean to embrace your culture, to reclaim your cultural identity? For many of us, especially for people of color, navigating this experience can feel like a mixed bag of emotions when we are young, when all we want to do is fit in and not draw attention to our food, family traditions, and the many things that we learn to cherish and appreciate as we get older. In James Jones's case, discovering his cultural identity and traditions was a different experience. On today's episode, I'm speaking with James, otherwise known as Notorious Cree, about connecting with and celebrating your culture. James was recently a part of TikTok's first ad campaign in Canada called It Starts on TikTok, which celebrates Canadian creators making an impact through the social media platform. And it's quite an impact he's made. With an audience of over 2.5 million followers strong across the social media platforms, James shares daily pieces of content that offer a window into his life, and most importantly, his culture one that he admits he wasn't connected to growing up. You see, James, who is from Alberta and Cree, has a number of family members who were educated in Canada's residential schools, where they were stripped of and shamed for who they were. As a result, much of their culture wasn't passed on, and it wasn't until he was older that he was able to reclaim his voice and fully celebrate his heritage. Now, he's using his platform and his influence to share his culture with millions of people, including other Indigenous people who are looking to connect and celebrate their cultural heritage as well. We have James Jones today, a.k.a. Notorious Cree. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Where are you calling in from? Edmonton? Yes, I'm in uh, Edmonton. Nice. I actually went to university in Edmonton at the U of A, and I have a lot of family there, and and I have such a big soft spot for that city. It's so beautiful uh, during the fall and summer. It's a nice city, especially here, like in the indigenous community. We're located right in the heart of Powwow Trail, Powwow Country. So there's powwows every weekend, a lot of really good events. And then winter gets a little cold, but still... uh, still home, I guess. (laughs) I just want to say that I think it's absolutely incredible and so inspiring what you're doing. I love this idea of storytelling and passing on cultural knowledge and honoring one's heritage in a way that is so modern and reaches such a huge volume of people in the way that you're doing it. What does it mean to you to be able to embody that role and share your culture and connect with others in the way that you have? For me, it's... it's a really awesome thing that, you know, I get to story tell, you know, online and I get to tell my story and share my culture um, on these platforms. You know, I think that especially with TikTok, you know, like I, before all this stuff happened, you know, I was, I wasn't really, I didn't really have a huge following like online. 
after getting on TikTok and, you know, using the app in the way that it's, you know, kind of supposed to be used for, which is, you know, storytelling through music, I'm just able to share a lot of parts of my culture and just show the beauty of my culture, you know, and for me, that's really important. And it's, it's really important to share that and uh, hopefully inspire the younger ones to be proud of who they are. Did you always intend for your social platforms like your TikTok to be a destination for cultural conversation and knowledge? Or was it more so something that you started for fun? And that's kind of how it evolved? Yeah, honestly, no, I had no expectations for my for my social media. When I first started posting, this was, I would say just, you know, right after COVID happened, and we all got kind of slammed to stay home. I was just posting funny content because, you know, I, I just had this idea in my head. I was like, hey, the world is just, you know, really heavy right now. Everybody is either sad or angry or scared. So in my head, I was like, I'm just going to make funny content, trying to make people laugh. So I was doing like indigenous uh, humor kind of videos. Mm-hmm. They didn't really pop off. Some people liked them, but not not that much. Like it didn't get many very likes or many very uh, views or anything like that. And then, yeah, as soon as I started posting my cultural stuff, uh, they just kind of blew up. So I was like, okay, maybe people want to see this. <laughs> Was there a point or, or a video, I guess, that you posted that, you know, where that was a point where you realized things were starting to resonate, things, you know, traction was building, um, or was it more of a softer evolution? No, it was just one video. Like I said, I posted like four or five videos when I first joined TikTok and it didn't really go anywhere. And um, it was the, f- I think it was the fifth video that I posted. I uh, I remember there was this thing going around um, called the Blinding Lights Challenge. And it was like all these people were just dancing this little dance to uh, this song by The Weeknd called uh, Blinding Lights. And I remember I did the dance and then I just did my regular clothes. And then I, I was like, I, I was watching it and I was just about to post it. So I was like, okay. Uh, it looks pretty good. I'm gonna, I'm just about to post it, and then I, in my head, I was like, "Ah, it's kind of boring. Like, I just look like everybody else." You know what I mean? And I, was <laughs> like, I should. I was like, Ugh, "I should try this in my regalia. I think it would be way cooler." So I literally just, I didn't post that video. I, I put on my regalia, my hoop dance regalia, and then I grabbed my hoops and I, I recorded it just one take. And yeah, the video I posted it, and then woke up and I had like. I don't know, like 500,000 views and like all these thousands of shares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The video just kind of just kept rolling, just kept going and going. Like just went super viral after that and gained a whole bunch of followers. So yeah, it just kind of happened all with one video. Amazing. Yeah. And I love how you mix pop culture and music and dance with indigenous culture and you focus on hoop dancing. So what is hoop dancing and why is it important? Um, and the cultural significance for you? Yeah, well, hoop dancing is a healing dance. So originally it was done in like a healing ceremony. And, you know, each hoop has um, different meanings for, you know, different teachings. Um, and it's it's a really great dance. Honestly, it's, it's I, I do a lot of different dancing. Like a lot of people don't know I do like break dancing. I do like popping. I do just all kinds of dances. And it's literally like one of the most creative dances on the planet. Like you can just keep creating um, new new formations. It's it's a, just a really fun dance to do. But um, aside from that, it's it's yeah, there's a lot of 
spiritual meaning behind it and you know it's done in the healing ceremony so um to me it's really important especially during the times you know we're living in right now with that with that healing you know we everybody needs that healing so that's why i've been doing it a lot lately right now you're a part of a new tiktok campaign in canada called it starts on tiktok that celebrates diversity trends stories conversations that really deliver cultural and social impact uh, on and off the platform what does it mean to you to be a part of a campaign like this and a campaign that is really pushing the value of social dialogue oh it means a lot honestly it, it's it means so much to me personally uh, one of the big things and one of the things that I'm really proud of is that, you know, it's giving Indigenous peoples a platform. It's giving Indigenous peoples a voice. And it's it's showing us that, hey, you know, these huge conglomerate, crazy social media platforms, they see us, you know, they see us. And, you know, that's really important because often as Indigenous peoples, like we... You know, we feel like our voices are not being heard, our stories are not being told. So for me, it's it's really important, and I'm I'm really honored and happy that I'm I'm able to um, do the campaign, and that uh, I'm really thankful that yeah, they see us. Have you always felt connected to your culture, or is it something that you rediscovered and fully embraced as you got older? I never grew up in a traditional setting. So like I, I never grew up with my with dances. I never grew up with my language, with my ceremony, anything like that. I grew up in the, in a small community, like from from my community, but I moved to uh, Edmonton when I was when I was pretty young and um, yeah, I just was never around it. It's something that I learned later in life. And the reason for that is my parents as well as my, you know, grandma and grandpa, all my aunties and uncles, they all went to residential schools. So for those of you who've never heard of residential schools, basically they're what, uh, what they are is the government, uh, had this plan in the sixties to put all, uh, first nations, Métis and Inuit kids into these kind of boarding schools forcefully. So they went in and took all the all the kids um all the indigenous kids from their homes um with the rcmp and they uh put them into these residential schools where they basically tried to take away their culture so you weren't allowed to speak your language you weren't allowed to have long hair you weren't allowed to practice your ceremony and if you did you got punished so my language and all my ceremonies and basically all the culture was taken away from my my parents as well as my uh most of my family so that stuff was never passed down to me growing up right so how did you reconnect with your culture um and what has your journey been like discovering that culture yeah so for me you know that that culture um it just kind of came to me. I don't know, like, really the reason um, how or why, but like, I know uh, when I was around 16 years old, I um, started hanging um, around with, we call them powwow people. So it's people who dance at the powwows, like sing at the powwows that we have. And um, yeah, powwows are just kind of like a celebration we have in our culture. A lot of, we get a lot of people who come and dance and sing and it's, it's a really good time. But yeah, I started hanging out with powwow people um, when I was about 16 and um, through them, I, I had met people involved in ceremonies and um, I started attending ceremonies back home and helping out with some of the ceremonies uh, with the elders. And then, yeah, I started dancing around that time too. So it was just kind of all just 
I didn't all want to say happen at once, but it's just like a certain time in my life when I was, when I wanted to learn more about it, it just kind of came to me. Yeah. And I, I got involved with dancing, got involved with ceremonies, started learning more about my language. So yeah, that's right. Kind of Rediscovery of your culture. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, once I got a little taste of it, I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like I get to, yeah. learn, I want to learn more about who I am. <laughs> of course. Of course. I was scrolling through some of your videos and in one of them, you talk about the symbolism of your hair and what that means to you. Can you talk about what kind of importance and role hair has in Cree culture? You know, hair for us, we believe that uh, our hair is an extension of our spirit. Um, the men in my tribe have all had long hair. And there's just a lot of, you know, significance, um, especially to hair braiding. You know, like our, our family members usually um, will braid our hair or our loved ones or partners. Um, most of us don't let anybody touch our hair. Also, uh, when a loved one passes into the spirit world, often um, people will cut a piece of their hair um, in, in honor for them. There's a lot of teachings that go into it. Our, our hair is, you know, very, very sacred to us. And uh, I try to give some of those teachings online because, you know, a lot of young men out there, especially Indigenous men, uh, get our young boys, they get bullied in school. You know, people call them girls and stuff like that. And uh, I was just tagged in this on TikTok. I was just tagged in this video where um, a mom was saying that her uh she braided her son's hair and sent him to school. And then when he got to school, his teacher took his hair out of the braid and said, wow. uh, you shouldn't be braiding your hair. Those are for girls. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's, it's the stuff like that always happens and it's really unfortunate. And uh, that's why I feel like it's important for me to share those hair teachings and just tell the young ones it's, it's okay to, uh, to have long hair, you know, wear your hair with pride. Yeah, that's that's absolutely outrageous that we're still having those conversations. We right. need to have those conversations. I mean, how do you grapple with this intersection between trying to honor uh, your culture and these facets of your culture and and also navigate some of the mental health challenges that come with it and you know the bullying as you mentioned um or the way that you know traditional media might be depicting indigenous culture. How have you personally been able to navigate uh, those mental health challenges around that? I mean, honestly, like I, I think just in general, having social media, there's two sides to it, you know, like there's the good side when, you know, you post something and there's always really healthy comments, you know, people who support you and come and say good things. But then there's also that other side of there's always the trolls and there's always people who are not gonna, you know, like what you post. You know, I, I get a lot of good and bad comments on my post, um, especially because my posts are very indigenous. You know what I mean? Like I get, mm. a, lot, I get a lot of racists to uh, come on and, you know, leave, leave hateful comments. But I don't know, I guess for me, like I, I used to actually struggle with, um, I don't know, like I, I, I used to get really involved with people who comment mean things on my stuff. Like I would, you know, I, I used to get really emotionally involved with trolls and people who, who say mean things. You know, I would I would argue with them and comment in comment sections for hours. You know, over the last few years, I just started saying that, uh, yeah, I'm just I just don't 
I really just don't pay those those negative comments or those hateful comments any mind, you know. And um, I, I actually just kind of feel bad for those people, you know, that they have to walk around with that negative energy all day. They have to hold on to that, like it belongs to them, you know. So once I started thinking like that, like I just, yeah, I don't really pay any attention anymore, and uh, I just focus on the positive. Right. Yeah, because social media, it's such a interesting arena because it's a bit of a double-edged sword where on one hand, yeah, you have all these trolls and, and these people that are hiding behind their screens and will just completely spew this garbage online. And then you also have the ability to create communities and uh, share your culture and celebrate culture. And so there's a balance between those two and and being able to focus on the positive part of social media and the ability to bring people together versus the toxic negative part of social media and the harassment and the bullying that comes from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the way I look, the way I start to look at it is, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like that about, like, that's just, expected now and the way that people think like just how people think that people are always looking for something negative as well like even when you post something really positive like people will just run to the comment section read your comments see if they're posting anything negative see if there's anything going on so i feel like that's just a part of the social media now you know what i mean like it's yeah it just um kind of comes with the territory especially like having a, a large platform and i don't know one thing that i i've understood is that you know i could post something that i think is amazing i could post something really beautiful or i could post something really positive but once i post it like it doesn't i don't know like i feel like it just it doesn't really belong to me anymore like when like like i don't know if i can say this so you could understand but like once i post something and like you're watching it well, it's now, I don't want to say it belongs to you, but, uh, you know, it's, it's now your journey. Like you're, you might think that it's whack or whatever, and that's totally your journey when you're watching it. And like, after I post it, like, you know, even though I think it's amazing, not, not everybody's going to think the exact same thing I do. And that's, that's fine. You know what I mean? What I find so beautiful and impactful about James's story is that he's using social media and technology as a new form of Indigenous storytelling. It's an evolution of the traditions and lessons told through song and dance in a modern way that is reaching new generations and not limited to geographic constraints. Social media has allowed James to share his culture with millions around the world, educate non-Indigenous folk while simultaneously connecting with other Indigenous social media storytellers. He's not only celebrating his culture, but he's passing it on. Now, circling back to kind of one of my previous notes, yeah, I love this modern depiction of Indigenous culture where you're fusing this modern pop culture with music and dance and uh, with your Indigenous culture. How important is it to honor the past and tradition and heritage, but also reframe culture through a modern lens so that stereotypes and tropes don't perpetuate negative stereotypes and tropes? As indigenous peoples, I feel like people think that we still live in teepees or we still live in igloos. Like they think we're like relics of the past. So I think it's really important. We kind of show people that, hey, no, we're here and we live in 2020. You know, we have houses, we have iPhones just like you. You know what I mean? And like we can hop on these trends and, and 
do it just like you can. And I think that's, it's important to kind of show that representation because, you know, often if you have never seen a comment section on an indigenous post, uh, you would be floored of what people say in there <laughs> and just how, how little they know about indigenous peoples. You know what I mean? Like people only really know what they see in like Disney or like Hollywood stuff where we're always, you know, being cast as the stereotypical red Indian who says how, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, it's really important that uh, we have that representation and that we, we do show the world that, you know, we're here in 2020. Right. Well, and, you know, a lot of the narrative uh, is so centered around historical trauma as well as current trauma that we're seeing. And it's obviously incredibly important to highlight these stories. But how important do you think it is also to showcase and celebrate Indigenous stories around joy and success? Where do you find the balance between showcasing both that type of content and, and making sure that there's an awareness, but also a celebration? Yeah, like I think I think it's um it's important to you know obviously um, raise awareness and let people know what's going on uh, indigenous communities uh, you know especially with stuff like what's happening in Nova Scotia and stuff that's happening in Switzerland uh, and uh, in BC you know it's mm -hmm. to to share those stories and amplify those voices um, but then you know I also think it's it's important to yeah share share positive happy things. Um, you know, with, with content as well, you know, for me, I, I always try to educate in a way that, you know, people can receive it and understand it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't really freak out very much online. Like, I don't know. I, I'm there, there's, there's, there, there's certain ways that, um, you know, often, oftentimes I want to just start swearing and get mad and be like, you know, like just <laughs> totally, totally let people have it. Um, especially when I see like the really negative stuff going on in our communities. But I always try to educate in a in a good way personally, like a way that can I think that can be received the best, and that people can um, uh, get the message in uh, in mass numbers when I'm raising awareness. So, um, yeah, I do think it's important to do that. But I also do think, yeah, you're right. It's important to to share the the positive side of, of our culture as well, because yeah, often when you turn on the news, it's something negative about indigenous people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you think that uh, indigenous culture is seen as a monolith? You know, what needs to be done to highlight the diversity of cultures across indigenous communities so that we're not viewing it collectively as just one culture. Obviously there's a whole spectrum of cultures uh, within indigenous culture. Yeah, I, I and you know, for me, I always, I always let people know that I am, I'm Nehiao, I'm Cree, and yeah, I think it's, I think it's really important that we, we highlight the, the different cultures in, in our indigenous communities. Like I, everybody always just thinks I'm Cherokee for some reason. <laughs> like it, it, people, they always ask, hey, are you Cherokee, or, or if I'm Navajo, or like, you know, there's the, there's the Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood indigenous, which is, uh, you know, Apache or Lakota or Cherokee. And um, yeah, everyone seems to think that that's all there is. But, you know, we have very diverse, uh, beautiful tribes, over 500, I think, tribes here in North America with different languages, you know, different um, teachings, different ceremonies, stuff like that. So I think it's important that we, we highlight that as much as we can. And um, I always try my best to do that. No. 
you've grown your platform to over a million people, which is incredible. Do you now feel a responsibility to be an educator given the growth of your platform? And do you think that responsibility is one that you should bear? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, like, I feel like I, I still just kind of post whatever I want to post. But there is times where I'm like, I'm I'm thinking about posting something and I'm just like, nah. I don't know. Like, I <laughs> sometimes I feel like I just want to post some stupid stuff or some, of like, course crazy stuff and uh, I just I ended up not I usually end up not doing it because I'm just like ah you have such a big platform now and uh I don't know like it's 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 not that like I'm I'm shy or scared to post whatever I want because I I do post whatever I want but I feel like I kind of have a a theme with my stuff like you know like seen as an educator or a or a dancer so um, I, I try to keep that with my with my platform, but um, I'm actually starting to th- of thinking of a maybe starting a second account to just post stupid funny stuff because I, I like posting that kind of stuff too. <laughs> for sure, for sure. What are some ways? Obviously, you've used your platform to educate people, to share your culture, to connect with people within your community as well as outside of your community. What are some ways that you think non-indigenous people can be? an ally and support your community? I always tell people that they can go and follow Indigenous creators. Like they can go follow as many Indigenous creators as possible. You know, if, if people are raising awareness about what's happening in their community and you can't go and support, you know, you could always sh- reshare their content with your followers. You know, I feel like that's a really good way to be an ally is by sharing content. Um, and sharing videos um, about raising awareness, you know, especially because a lot of people, they, you know, would like to go down to Nova Scotia and help, but obviously it, with COVID and just with how far it is, it's, it's really hard. Right. So, and or with the roadblocks, it's, you know, you don't even know if you can get in or not. So um, for those people who can't go and help and those people who can't go be on the front lines, you know, you could always just share Share content, follow creators, you know, you can look up indigenous hashtags and, um, you know, educate yourself on what's going on. I think that's really important. Right, right. Now, in this social media landscape that we exist in, um, you know, people would obviously associate you as being a content creator and as uh, an influencer. But what does influence mean? mean to you or or having influence what does that mean to you and how do you define that yeah i'm still wrapping my head around it to be honest like i know right i know that's kind of what i'm classed as not classed as now as an as an influencer but you know for me i always just look at myself as as an educator you know like i i try to bring healing um i try to bring laughter with my culture and with my dances and, you know, with, with everything that I do. So for me, that, that, that name influencer, I think it's supposed to represent, you know, your, your content influencing people. But um, for me, I always look at myself as a, as an educator and a, uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I want to say healer, but I just like to share that healing energy with my content. So for me, that's what it represents. I love that. I love that. At the end of the day, what would you say is your mission? What's the big picture for James Jones and Notorious Cree? 
just to give a voice to indigenous peoples on these social media platforms, you know, like I, like I always, like I've always done is, you know, I always think about all those people who, who need that healing. I always think about those people who, who don't have a voice, who don't have a platform. And with, with my stuff, with my notorious Cree stuff, like I, I just, you know, if I can be that voice for people, if I can, you know, showcase and raise awareness for what's happening in our communities, if I can inspire the next generation to be proud of who they are and want to learn more about their culture, then that's what I want to do. Social media may have its drawbacks, but one of the most powerful things that it's given us is a platform to amplify our voices and connect with our community. In James's instance, he's applying a modern use of technology and social media to depict Indigenous culture and traditions. And what he's teaching his millions of followers is to be proud of your culture, to unapologetically embrace the path to discovering your heritage, and perhaps most importantly, that you are not alone in that journey. Next week on Mission Critical, we speak with Justin McLeod, CEO and founder of Hinge, the dating app built to be deleted. Dating is hard on the best of days, so I wanted to talk to Justin about digital courtship in the age of a pandemic, making stronger connections, and how he's using data to crack the code on dating. It's the difference, I would say, between validation and connection, right? I think people really deeply want the nourishment of real human connection and real intimacy, but we're fed the junk food of quick hits of validation and getting likes on our stuff. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts so we can get the word out. To keep up to date, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, ask yourself, what's your mission?